Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is The Art of Awesome, episode number 182. That's where I really started to recalibrate my mind and recalibrate like how I handle stress. And what I've learned from this for me in particular is, is there is no like, there's no stress for cancer. There's no particular stress for kayaking. There's no particular stress for paying bills. It's all the same stress. It's all the same response inside of you. And it goes for anxiety. It goes for all that stuff. And when you get into the ice, there's all these crazy healing benefits for the ice. But what's also going on is you're creating that same response inside of yourself. It's like your body does not want to be here. You're getting the same stress as like, I can't pay my bill this week. Um, You're getting the same stress as my boss is stressing me out right now. Work is stressing me out. Like I just feel overwhelmed but you're in a controlled environment. So you get to learn how to breathe. Hit it! That's what I'm talking about. Wait! Okay now, from the beginning. Hit it, boys. Welcome to the Art of Awesome. My name is Nick Troutman, and I'm a professional athlete, entrepreneur, family man, and adventure seeker. My goal is to share with you stories, knowledge, and inspiration as we continue on the journey together, searching for that secret sauce to producing awesome results in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and let's get to it. Welcome back, everyone, to the Art of Awesome podcast. I am your host, Nick Troutman, and this is the show where we search for the secret sauce to success and the difference between the average and the awesome. And today, man, oh man, we are filled with another interview that is definitely not average. I get to sit down with Adam Spillman as we talk all about his journey into paddling, his diagnosis with stage three testicular cancer stage three being the highest grade um, of testicular cancer and how he dealt with the diagnosis, his whole healing process through it, and how he has used a combination of both Eastern and Western medicine to make it through his diagnosis and kind of get through the other side of this cancer. Uh, We talk all about breath work, uh, ice baths, saunas, We talk all about his chemo, as well as using uh, juices, ice bath, breath work, saunas, all these different techniques to get him through this cancer and back on the river, back paddling. And he just has is filled with some incredible positive energy. This is a truly incredible story and one that I'm very excited to share with you guys. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Here is Adam Spillman. Adam, I am super stoked to have you here on the Art of Awesome podcast. It's been uh, a little bit of, uh, we've been going back and forth trying to, trying to get the schedules to, to line up. So stoked to finally get you on the podcast. Very stoked. Happy to finally connect with you. It's been, it's kind of been a long time coming now. Yeah, we, we've been we've been trying to get it all coordinated, but uh, I'd love for for you to kind of start us off uh, with telling us a little bit about your journey um, and kind of how you got into paddling in the first place, and then 
and then kind of where the diagnosis of your cancer kind of came about and then a bit of your healing process as well. But, uh, but first kind of, how did you, how did you find kayaking and how did you start in, in paddling, uh, at the beginning? Oh, dude. Um, so paddling was like a really cool, it came out of left field for me. Um, when I was 21, so I used to be really big into BMX biking, like really big into it. Um, super big into like, it was like my passion was riding my BMX bike. And I grew up in the state of Michigan, um, kind of near the university of Michigan. Um, so great area for freestyle BMX and all that stuff. And then I decided to move to San Diego, California, where I was going to pursue more of that. It's just like skate park, heaven, big city and all that stuff. And the first day I got there, the house I moved into, I met my wife, um, who is now my wife, but, um, she actually one day, like when we were about six months into like our relationship, she was like, Hey, I'm going to go rafting on the Kern river. Um, I'm going to be a raft guy. Do you want to go? I knew nothing about it. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> uh, so I went through this company, whitewater voyages and which was a really cool company to work for. They had permits on like all of the major rivers in California. Um, and then dude, I mean, I loved raft guiding, especially on the Kern. It's like the Kerns and the Cahuillas are like two really awesome special rivers to me. But then through there, dude, I mean, I got in a kayak and then it was like, whoa, this is like a whole, it reminded me of BMX, but like even more just, I don't know, you're just in tune with a whole nother beast. So yeah, from there, I just like, I'm a very obsessive person. So it was just, I remember being like, I, I remember like the end of the season going up to Coloma and like sitting and the water was gone and like the wave wasn't in, the river wasn't really in. And I remember telling one of my friends like, hey dude, like this sucks. Like, where am I going to do this winter? I just want to kayak. I don't want to snowboard anymore. I don't want anything. And this dude overheard me and he was like, have you ever heard of Hood River? And I was like, <laughs> no, I haven't. He's like, you should go there. You'll be able to kayak all winter long. And dude, I've been up here ever since. And that was, I think, in 2013. So I've been coming back here kind of nonstop and then doing the whole like traveling in the winter and just, yeah, I don't know. I became very obsessed with kayaking, which I think a lot of us are, you know, it's a hard thing to not be obsessed with. So yeah, yeah that's kind of my journey getting into it, dude. It was just kind of out of left field. I mean, the river, the whole experience, I'd never experienced anything like that. And it's been one of my biggest teachers today. So yeah, it's a really great, great thing. I love that story. It, I've definitely heard many, many people, you know, throughout the years of my time in paddle sports were very similar where they, you know, had a different thing and then they just found kayaking immediately fell in love and then just had this like obsession with it. Uh, myself included. I, I mean, I was, I have been extremely obsessed with paddling, um, for almost 20 years now. And so I totally can relate to, to that feeling. And, uh, it's almost like an addiction. Like I, I get kind of grumpy or depressed, uh, when I, when I can't go kayaking. And so, uh, yeah, I, I can definitely relate to you, to your obsession for sure. So you fell in love with kayaking. You moved to Hood River where and how and when did the diagnosis uh, for you had stage three, was it stage three colon, uh, um, testicular cancer? 
yeah, is that stage, right? Testicular cancer. There's actually no stage four for testicular cancer. So um, just for the listeners to know there, it goes up to stage three. Wow. It, it, it becomes fatal. It's just, there's always a chance mainly with it. So that's why I think it stays at stage three, but hmm. um, yeah, there's always kind of a chance. The, the chemo actually, it's one of the few cancers where chemo, if you can survive the chemo and if your tumors don't land in certain places, there's a really good chance that you're gonna survive it. Um, but it's all about, at that point, it's all about surviving the treatments and the surgeries and stuff like that. Um, so your question was, when did the, sorry, I kind of got, yes. Sorry. Just when, when, and how did you get, uh, diagnosed? I got diagnosed, um, March 29th of 2019. And it was like a year long journey to being diagnosed. Um, so kind of like where it fell into my kayaking was I was about four or five years into kayaking. And it just so happened to be around the time where, I started, I reached my five-year goal of getting on the little white. So my, my progression was like getting to like where I wanted it to be. And then, I mean, to be honest with you, it kind of all cycled in. So like in 2017, I got my first lap down the little white and awesome. it was, a, it was a beautiful lap. Um, all my friends that told me to wait and be overly prepared for it were like, correct. And it just ended up being like the best thing ever. And then next year, the next year in 2018, I got really stoked. My buddy, Will Pruitt had an opening in his house and he lives right at the put in and the takeout. So I was like, dude, this is perfect, dude. I'm going to be living with Will, getting laps, just training up and yeah, getting to get better in my kayak. And then I started to have back issues. And then all of a sudden I started to get like, um, staph infections, like skin infections and stuff. And they ended up being really fatiguing. And, um, one of the bigger, harder things that happened was I only got one lap on the little white that year, um, mm -hmm. just battling all this stuff. And it was, the lap went fine, but for me, it was insane because my cardio wasn't where it was at. So I was super scared. Like the difference between the first, like the first lap and then going to get th these laps was like, it was insane. Um, and that's when I started to like, wonder like what was going on with me, um, was kind of around that time, March of 2018. And then I got it like maybe my sixth or seventh staph infection. And I was noticing my head space was getting really weird. Hmm. So I went in and they kind of played it off. Not, not like super played it off, but played it off enough where they were like, yeah, this is normal and stuff like that. And, uh, then I just kept getting those staph infections. And then I went to Chile and when I was in Chile, um, I was there for three months. And over the course of that three months, um, I really started noticing like mood swings. I was super sick every single morning. I wasn't motivated to challenge myself. And then there I started to like go down the rabbit hole of like, is this me being 30? Like every doctor's told me I'm okay, all this stuff. And then upon coming back from Chile, like my trip back was horrible. Like for the last month I was there, I was experiencing like suicidal thoughts. I was mad all the time, angry. I had this pain in my back that I thought was like from a waterfall. I could barely walk. And then I went in to the hospital after I started like throwing up some liver bile. So I waited, I waited it out. Like, I don't, I just kept thinking I was sick from 
all these different things, traveling, like, like just making up excuses. And then, yeah, when I went in, they almost missed the diagnosis that night. But um, yeah, it took an X. I made them take, give me an X-ray when I was leaving the hospital. They thought I had something wrong with my thyroid. And then the X-ray led to a CT scan. And then the CT scan led to like, dude, like you have, I literally had tumors like all over my body. So it was a very intense diagnosis. And then from there came the, like, I met with my doctor and she ended up being like, so what was your last year? Like, like, have you been emotional? Have you been? Cause I was like, yes, very, very emotional. And so what happens is when you're diagnosed with testicular cancer or any cancer, you have these things called tumor markers and they usually find that in your blood. And this is how they tell like how serious your cancer is. So a major tumor marker for testicular cancer is your HCG, which in a woman, it'll, it'll show like if her HCG is high, it'll show like she's very pregnant and they'll max out at like a number will be 200,000. And for a man, that number is never supposed to exceed five. And my number was 1 million. So that represented, yeah, that represented the amount of cancer that was in me. But it also, she was like, you are like five pregnant women right now. Like, and that's exactly what it was. It was like every morning I woke up, I was sick. I was throwing up like emotions were taking over me. It was just, that was part of the sickness, which yeah, it made me feel better, but it also like there were some relationships in my life that like took the brunt end of that. And some of those got mended. Some of those didn't. Um, huge props to my wife who put up with a lot. And still to this day, I'm super grateful that she hung in there with me through that because like our trip through Chile, I was like really snappy and just, you know, but we're a team. So we figured it out. But yeah, man. So that's kind of how the diagnosis came about. It kind of just it kind of got wrapped into like being, you know, just kind of sucking it up, trying to push through things. Um, yeah. And just, I kind of got mixed up thinking certain pains were from kayaking, certain things were that. And my doctor said that too. She's like, athletic men get diseases the worst because they can push through pain and they sometimes don't like correlate everything. And she said, you'd be surprised at how many people I have come in here like you and this disease is just like, it's like gone rampant through their body because they just haven't turned themselves in. So that's a big part of just like trying to get my story out there too, is just like, check yourself sometimes, you know, like just if you're, if you're feeling something weird, especially your emotions, it's really good to get that checked out. Yeah. What's the best way to get that checked out is go get your blood tested or. Yeah. I think blood testing is honestly one of the more accurate things you can do for yourselves. If you're really curious about like what's going on, they can tell a lot through your blood. They can tell if your metabolism's good, if you're like low on vitamins and minerals. And then from there, there's a lot of diseases that are just being in the hospital. It's amazing. Just how many people I've heard, like they catch something early or they catch something late. You know, you're kind of being in there for a year. I was in there multiple times a week. Sometimes I'd be in the hospital for a week and you just talk to people and blood work just seems to be the, I mean, what's kind of sad is, is uh, when I had, um, when I had probably my eighth or ninth staph infection, I actually did the whole WebMD thing. And I looked up what is like, why would you get skin infections? And it was crazy because the first thing popped up was like your body's trying to suppress cancer. 
So I went into the hospital and I was like, dude, like, can I get my blood work done? I think I have cancer. And the guy kind of was like, dude, you don't have cancer. Like you're fine. You're healthy, all this stuff. So we skipped that. And then talking to my oncologist, like I literally left for Chile like two weeks later, she was like, I hate to say this, but if you would have got your blood work, you probably would, you wouldn't have like stopped your cancer, but you wouldn't be like, you wouldn't be having the surgeries. You wouldn't be having the chemo. Like we would have like got that early. And the one bit of advice that she gave me was in this medical system, you have to be your own advocate. She's like, we see so many people and sometimes it gets just monotonous for us. And she just said, you need to be your own advocate. You tell them, Hey, I want my blood work. If they say no, you say, please, can you put it on my record that I asked for that? And usually things will get the ball rolling. Um, so that was the best bit of advice my oncologist gave me. And I've given that advice to some people and some people have actually like had it work for them and it's helped them out. And, you know, you just kind of got to look out for yourself out there. Um, yeah. And, in in the end, in the end, we, like nobody knows your body better than yourself. So if you're feeling something weird, and you go to the doctor, like they, they might be able, to, you know, help. And and trust me, I'm not trying to put down doctors in any sort of sense at all. But I just mean, if you have this feeling, like no, no, really, I need to get something checked out. Then uh, even if you look healthy, you know, it's a good idea to to try to get that checked out. So yeah, yeah exactly. So you're, you're diagnosed with stage three cancer. Do you just go straight into chemo right away? Like what's the protocol right after stage three cancer diagnosis? So usually what will happen. So how it happened was I was diagnosed with cancer. And then that night, the doctor, it was like one in the morning, the doctor gave me this list of things that was about to happen. And basically I was going to have two weeks where I met with a specialist which was like, that was a crazy headspace to be in. So we didn't know when I, when they found the cancer, they didn't know what it was. They just knew it was cancer. My doctor, basically these were his words to me. They were like, he was like, I can't tell you have cancer, but like, dude, you have tumors like all over you. Like your liver's covered. Everything's covered. Like you have cancer. We just don't know what it is. So like an idiot that night I went home and I web MD'd everything. And it's like, you know, I had tumors on my lungs, liver, kidney, abdomen, all this stuff. We didn't, there was nothing that showed my testicle. Like I didn't even feel anything on it. Um, and so all of those were a 4% survival rate if they had spread. So there was about 48 hours where I was like, I, I start, me and my wife were like thinking of a trip we were going to take. We were thinking of all these other things. Um, and then we were planning on a two week, like gap between seeing and getting stuff biopsied. Well, somehow this lady in, um, Portland got a hold of my blood work and she so happened to be somebody who helped Lance, Lance Armstrong get cured with his cancer. And she called me up and she was like, you have stage three testicular cancer. You need to come into the hospital right now. And I was like, at that time, just got back from Chile, was getting ready to go back to the Kern for kayaking. And so I was house sitting, I had no home, I had no place to live. And I was like, can I come in tomorrow, like Friday? And after I just get some things settled in, she's like, no, you have to come in right now. Like you might not, you don't have this weekend. And I was like, really? Wow. And she, so 
I think how my story is with it is generally it's, it's a little bit different than most people will, you'll get like a plan laid out in front of you and you'll actually get like more of a choice to like, Hey, do you want to do chemotherapy? Most of this stuff is a choice. Um, so I, my doctor didn't really give me a choice, which I'm grateful for. So it was just, she didn't really leave it an opening. She was like, this is how you're going to beat it. She laid out the plan and she's like, you need to come in. So yeah, immediately it was like, it was a trip. It was like within 48 hours. And then I was hospitalized for 10 days. I was supposed to be hospitalized for five, but my body was so beat up that they had to like watch me for 10 days total. So wow. That was kind of like the deal with getting into that. It was like, it was very, very quick. Like usually you'll have time to like, um, you'll actually have time to like preserve like your semen. Cause that will get like destroyed. You'll have time to like, kind of just get things in order. This situation was, she didn't think I had like a week left in me basically. Mm. So it was like, get started now. Or she's like, you're, she's like, this will be beyond like what we can do to like help you and help you survive basically. So it was a very, very quick process. Wow. That's, that's, uh, it must've been a very intense, intense week for sure. I, I can't even imagine getting that diagnosis and then straight to chemo and, and just, yeah, everything. How was it like, how were you dealing with it mentally? Uh, like, was it just like, here we go. I mean, this is like getting dropped into a class five Canyon that there's no option and I'm just going to, roll with it or like how how were you kind of dealing with it that that's actually a really good way of putting it so it um yeah it basically was a lot like that um but the thing was is it was the very like going into the hospital and just like where i was at like my state of being like like the pain that i was in um it like you know my mind was so occupied with these things and then the chemo is like an insane drug like it's like once they started putting me under the chemo it was like that first week it was like i was like fading in and out of consciousness i was um i like had to get blood transfusions and that's so that's like i think like my first three days i remember it just being like all i remember is like there's everything was just like a cloud like i would remember sitting there and i started to like mope i started to get really negative and then i remember my wife came in i started just telling her sorry all this stuff and my headspace like this is where i remember everything changing where she looked at me and she said like what do you what do you mean she's like you you have cancer yeah that sucks but she's like we just found out you have testicular cancer your doctor thinks you're gonna survive she's like this will be the hardest thing you get through but you're gonna get through this and i remember just that slowly started to tick in my brain. It was like, okay, like the, if any balls in my court, this is the one that's in my court. Like I'm going to survive. This is going to be hard. I don't know what that entails, but that really helped. And then there was, it was really like people helped me at this point. This is where I learned like human connection is very, very important. Like who you keep around you is very, very important. So I remember like, I remember you're in the hospital a lot. And I remember looking at my phone and it was just blown up with messages. And then there was messages that were like, Hey, you got this. And then there was also messages that were like, I'm sorry. I just heard the bad news. I heard all this stuff. 
And it was like very quickly, I could feel like the energy like shift in my body. It was like, oh, I'm sorry for you. And then I started to like feel like sorry for myself. And then there would be these people who were like, I remember Jeff Calhoun sent me a message, dude. And it was just like, I hope you're ready for a fight. Like you got this dude. And I remember reading that and just being like, whoa, like, dude, like that type of stuff was just like what you needed to hear. And it was like, those were the things that like, literally just like kind of dragged you up out of the hole. And um, it's inspiration. It's like, I learned what inspiration is. It's like, you can't, inspiration is not always going to help, but inspiration is like a breath of life. And it's like, that's what, that's what people did. Like people helped me, you know, like Will Pruitt was like, Hey dude, like when you're, when you get out of the hospital, like we didn't have a place to live. He's like, you can live in my house for free. You can, you know, me and my buddy will take care, you know, we'll help whatever we got to do until you guys get your own place and figure it out. It's like those things, you know, it's like, my wife just like she never slept and she was in the hospital with me the whole time like that's when like it's like seeing all these people be strong for me allowed me to like do what I needed to do and cancer is like a crazy thing it's like you're not going to take one more step to get to your goal you're not going to like lift one more heavy thing you're not going to like actually physically fight something it's like you literally have to learn how to like it's like I had to learn how to just like let myself be and let myself like, um, I'm, I'm missing the word here, but it's like, I had to like, let myself like, just let go and let like fate take a hold and like, let the doctors do their thing. Let the medicine do its thing. I had to like, basically have faith in the process. And a lot of that's just letting go. Like stress is not going to help you. So to stress over things, it was just like, dude. And then there was people just taking care of things for me outside of this whole thing that like, it just motivated me and motivated me and motivated me. And it like, it, it was people at first that really got my like headspace to where it needed to be to like get through this process. So. Wow. And so, so you're kind of talking about, you know, l- letting go and, and let everything kind of just, you know, do its part as well, whether it be the medicine, the doctors and that kind of stuff. But, but you also took a lot of things into your own hands as well. Like you, you, a lot of your own healing and, and you're vegan, correct? You, you went on a, on a vegan diet and stuff like that. Is that, is that right? I did. I'm not a hundred percent. Um, I went, I would say I went plant-based. Um, okay. and yeah, it was like, I didn't. So like during chemo, so I did do a lot of things on my own and that even comes from people. Like I just was super open-minded. And during that whole process, there was people that reached out to me that were like, Hey, this is what I suggest. This is what you should do. Um, this is how you can survive chemo. This is like, I've heard people or I had friends who nutritionists and have worked with people through cancer. So I just took everything very, very seriously that they told me. And through that was eating a very, very, very like strict diet, no sugar, no dairy, um, just no processed foods at all. Everything was whole foods. And a lot of it had to do with juice. Like I drank a lot of raw juices, probably like 120 ounces of raw juice a day. And a lot of that was inspired through what people had told me. And a lot of that came from just being open-minded. And that was a very hard transition. I mean, when you're sick, you just want all these comfort foods and you want all these things. And it was just 
nope, I'm not doing that. But during my chemo, I would have like a piece of protein every night. So the pro the cancer like broke me down or the chemo broke me down really bad to where I needed those calories. Um, and then after my chemo, I had like three and a half, four months till a surgery. And I went completely plant-based in that, in that point. Like I, I had started to recover from the chemo and then I cut meat out. There was just a lot of like, there's a lot of information coming out at that time that meat can cause cancer. It can be cancerous. So I went that route and it worked really, really well for me. And then after my surgery and I lost my testicle, um, I went through some testosterone and hormone imbalances and then meat was suggested in my diet again. So I still have the very strict, like, you know, 90% of my meals are I would, you plant-based or vegan. And then when I'm like really pushing hard or I need certain things and I feel like my energy's off, I'll have like a steak or something like that. And it does wonders for me. It's, it works out really well. And so there is that, but yeah, my diet was very, very, very strict. Um, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you kind of like, you figure out these little things that like you can control. And it's like, I can control what I put in my mouth. I can control what I put in my body. And there's like, there's actually like, like for me, it's like, I felt that like hmm. when I would drink juice, like it was like, whoa, like I have energy, like in positive energy. It was like, it was like one of the better feelings I was having. It's like, I would be in the chemo, I'd be getting chemo and it would be, I wouldn't really be able to eat anything. And I would drink juice and it was just, and you would feel it like course through your veins every single time you drink it. And I remember getting out of the hospital, like just everything was like projecting up the stairs. Like it should, like everything was just like going how it should. And the nutritionists were saying certain things. And then my doctors were just like, Whoa, this is like blowing my mind that your numbers are doing this. And it's like, it was crazy. Cause these nutritionists are just like, dude, if you drink this, this is going to help your liver. Like I'm sure of it. Like your liver's going to, your liver's going to heal. You're not going to need blood transfusions. And sure enough, I went in and my doctors, they did three months that I was going to need blood transfusions. And I started doing this juice cleanse. And literally within a week, my cancer cut back 90% and my liver was like healing They were, They were just like, we can't believe this. So nutrition played a huge part in it. Exercise, getting out and exercising, um, whatever that meant, just going for a walk, walking around the park, um, you know, nothing too crazy. And then rest, like rest, just never ignoring rest. If I needed to sleep, just let your body sleep, let your body heal, like sleep. I feel like was one, one thing in my life that I overlooked a lot and you have to sleep. Like sleep is so important. And I just, I felt it then. Like I had never taken naps like that in my entire life, but you would do that. And then it was like, man, I could go out and kayak. Like I kayaked pretty much the whole time I was sick. Like pretty much after my second round of chemo, I was back in my kayak and that like wow. that type movement, that type of activity was not, was not that, but I think the holistic approach, like having the Western medicine and then the Eastern philosophies, I think that whole holistic approach helped me be like the whole, it helped me realize that like, I even have potential in this state of being basically. And that's, that's, that's amazing into the rest of life too. It's like, I'm still trying to figure out like, Whoa, like I have so much more potential inside of me. And that, 
that's like the mind game that I had that I'm dealing with now is just like, you know, where is my potential and where do I want to go and how do I want to take this type of a thing? So I love that idea of where's, where's my potential and, and uh, where do I want to go? Cause I feel like each one of us have, has like unlimited untapped potential. Like everybody, you know, can be anything. Um, and you regularly see this. I mean, people that go from nothing to, to, you know, whether they be rich or famous or, or, uh, champion athlete or, or whatever they want to be that like everybody can do whatever it is that they want to do. If they, you know, put that time and focus could be, you know, like yourself or like, Lan- <clears throat> but, but yeah, like, like you or like Lance Armstrong, like, you know, beating cancer, like anybody can, can do this. If, if, uh, I don't know if it's, it's just the, the focus or, or what is kind of like put into it, but, but there's definitely something, uh, about just kind of like, putting all into, uh, whatever it is that your focus is and, and kind of, uh, untapping that potential for sure. Um, so in, in all of your journeys, you, you, are we're talking about kind of, you know, your healing process, taking it into your own hands a little bit. You've also just like from following along your, your Instagram and stuff like that, you, you've kind of done more of this Eastern and Western medicine kind of combined with, with chemo and obviously, you know, um, staying on track with what, with what your doctor is prescribing and all this kind of stuff, going into some of the, the raw vegan diets and the juices. Then it's, it looks like you've also done some like Wim Hof stuff, some ice baths, some maybe meditation and yoga kind of, how has that all, um, played into the effect of your healing process? And, and have you found anything, uh, in particular that has helped more than, than the rest, or is it kind of just, a a combination of it all combination of it all for sure um for me i think you know after you know after this whole thing was said and done we went right into the lockdowns so generally speaking you would have you would you know there's a lot of post traumatic from an experience like this and i actually I've learned a lot from this because there's a lot of post-traumatic that just happens in life, especially with sort of the things that we do and the excitement that we get in the levels of post-traumatic. But yeah, you, you know, a lot of the, the running theme for a lot of cancer patients is, is like, you know, after it is like, what happened? And usually there's like groups where you can get in, you know, like for the kayaking world, we have a group like first descent, um, you know, or they'll offer like therapy you know, talk to a therapist, you know, you'll be able to meet with somebody like a physical therapist to help you physically get back to yourself. Um, so there was none of that. So it was, you know, we were home and they didn't want you to go to the hospital. Those programs were shut down. So the struggle became like getting, getting my mind back as well as getting my body back. But I didn't realize that I had like kind of lost my mind in that whole thing. And, um, so my pillars, like number one is nutrition. I feel like a lot of issues with energy, like you might think you're depressed. You might think, you know, you're fatigued. A a lot of that stress, just feeling stress all the time can be just simply taking care of your nutrition. Like, what are you eating? What are you putting in your body? 
And then it kind of goes to, you know, sleep's very important, like sleep, you know, some of us, there's people out there who can sleep four hours a night. That's great. But a lot of us really do need a solid eight hours. So, you know, even now I'm trying to figure that out because my sleep just got wrecked with this whole thing. Like I went after my surgery, I went like two months straight without going unconscious in the night. So I was up for two months, just up. And that, that has a whole set of things that comes with it. So nutrition and sleep, and then trying to stress your system, like you're an organism and your organism needs to be stressed. And then there's like the stress of the world, but then there's like stress that you put yourself in. So for me, like kayaking was a really big thing. And I had these huge goals to get towards kayaking, but what would happen was for whatever reason, um, you know, like the trust, like I started to get back onto the green trust and I'd be above, like, let's say that it's big rapid. rapid. And all of a sudden, like that feeling above it, that excitement that I used to get start turned into like, I have one kidney. I have like this fake artery that's like being held together that we don't know how long that's like, those were the thoughts. And then all of a sudden I would be like eating shit through that rapid. And then I was rattled and, you know, then all of a sudden it started happening above like easier rapids. And, um, what happened was, is I, from there, I started to realize like, okay, I don't know what's going on here. I was really attached to that. And I started using ice baths and breath work. And I had already been using this stuff, but I really started to like, when I got into the ice bath, I really started to pay attention to my psyche and where my headspace was going when I was in the ice bath. And, um, that's where I really started to recalibrate my mind and recalibrate like how I handle stress. And what I've learned from this for me in particular is, is there is no like there's no stress for cancer. There's no particular stress for kayaking. There's no particular stress for paying bills. It's all the same stress. It's all the same response inside of you. And it goes for anxiety. It goes for all that stuff. And when you get into the ice, there's all these crazy healing benefits for the ice. But what's also going on is you're creating that same response inside of yourself. It's like, your body does not want to be here. You're getting the same stress as like, I can't pay my bill this week. Um, you're getting the same stress as my boss is stressing me out right now. Work is stressing me out. Like I just feel overwhelmed, but you're in a controlled environment. So you get to learn how to breathe. You get to learn how to breathe through that stress. You get to learn how to calm yourself down. And so basically once I realized that like I was starting to develop an unhealthy relationship with like kayaking. I said, all right, I'm going to sit in the ice every single day for this entire winter season. That's, that's the only thing I do. If, if that's one thing done, what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do it right when I wake up in the morning and towards the end of that, I really started to break down like the trauma that I went through. I started to break down just like, okay, when I'm in my boat or when I'm getting ready to do something that's overwhelming. I understand what that feeling is now. And I understand like how to control it. And I feel like from controlling it, it allowed me to make like some pretty big decisions in my life. Um, you know, I had to sit my kayak down. I had it 
it's been like probably six months now. It's not that I haven't gotten in it, but it's like, I'm not pursuing it right now. I had to like, I had to get my mind wrapped around the idea that my body is, it's going to take a long time to heal from this. It's going to take a really long time to heal from this. And I didn't have anybody at that time to actually tell me that um, like a doctor would. And there was one time that actually like shed light on this was I had like started, I was about four months out of my surgery and I was sitting in that, like, I would walk over and I would see like all the boys getting off the trust and I go talk to the friends and stuff. And I remember, um, James bird was standing there and he was like, how you doing, dude? You know, he's a nurse. And I just kind of started explaining him where I was at. And he just like looked at me and he was like, dude, like, you've got to stop getting down on yourself, bro. A year, give yourself a year to just figure out what's going on with you. Like give yourself a year, man. It's going to take a year before you feel like yourself again, before you feel like anything. And like those words were like, it was like a snowball. Effect. It was like, it gave me this, like, it gave me this, like, dude, like you need to have patience in yourself. You need to like start to build the foundation again. And from there, it was just kind of like those words, like helped me like kind of figure these things out, like rather than attaching myself to like, oh, I need to get better in my kayak again, or like, oh, I need to get back to like having a career and like making up all the money that I had just lost. It was like, before you can do any of those things, you have to like fix what just happened with you, um, which it was hard. It was hard to accept that like I could barely walk up a hill. I could barely like, I could barely lift things. I could barely like do an activity for, it's like, if I would do the trust, um, after the, trust, I would feel like I was in an accident for like three or four days, just like all that impact on my stomach, all those things. And like, just hiking out was like, it was one of the more miserable things that I'd ever done. It would take me like almost an hour just to hike out like a couple hundred feet which used to just take me like a couple minutes. And it was just like, it was like telling yourself, like, it's okay to be here. It's just, you, you know, your mind is in this. It's like during the cancer, it's just like, it's, I was like, it was like, I was in this crazy state of flow. It was just like, you know, there's like nowhere. It's just like, everything's just happening. And, you know, I was like, I was still kayaking. I was like, but like this surgery, it was like, I didn't get the help that I needed because of like what happened with the world, but it was like that surgery was like, that was like, okay, now the serious stuff is done. So it's like, up until I had that surgery, it was like, yeah, I was kayaking. Yeah. I was doing all these things, but that surgery is like, kind of like the, that was like, it was like, you know, you're going through this Canyon and there's all these big rapids, you know, you're there, but then you hit this surgery and that surgery is like a rapid that's around the corner. You can't scout it. And you're like, Oh no, like we can't get out of here. You know, you can get through it. You just don't know how it's going to work out. And it, that's, it's just like, you're in that moment, you know? And then now you're on the other side of like what happened with that. And it's like, okay, this is what I just went through, man. This is like, you know, this is the wreckage. And then this is how you're going to build yourself back up and trying to figure that out on your own is not the easiest, but dude, we live in a world where we have access to, it was just like learning how to use Instagram as a tool, learning how to use internet as a tool. It's like YouTube's great. There's tons of funny videos, but like 
there's some people out there with golden information that like it, I don't know, man, I used, I used all of that stuff like to help me. So um, I think it's just really understanding the information that you take in too. So nutrition, sleep, getting enough water, but also like, are you stressing your system and do you handle stress properly? Are you breathing properly? Are you paying attention to your breath? Like the breath is so important. And those are two things I'm like really big on our breath work and ice baths in heat. Cause I feel like anybody, just about anybody can interact with those things. And, um, I use them as a tool now for a lot of things. So yeah, those are the things that I'm using that I've used and I've brought into my world and they've helped me get through a lot of, a lot of hard times, man. I mean, the trauma after cancer is, you know, it's something else, but I'm also reminded of it when it's like, man, I went and I had a big day the other day. Like I'm really into open water swimming and I did, I've been scoping out these, um, these, uh, what do you want? These lakes that are high up. And I went and I did like, i carried all my gear in. I went and like did some really big swims and I came back and like, dude, you're like, you kind of feel it down from that high excitement. And I get that from kayaking sometimes too. It was like, you, you know, you're out there, you're like having so much fun and then you're not kayaking anymore. And like, you know, your, your system was just going, 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 going. And then now you're kind of like, you kind of take this big swoop down and where I used to reach to like drink alcohol or smoke cannabis or something like that. Now, now I just like, dude, I get in an ice bath and I recover from that. And it's like, it's just a healthier way to like, keep going. And my body, it's like, I'm my, my main goal now is like, I feel like these tools and developing these tools and refining these tools, it's like, if I make it to 60, it's like, I want to be like, I still, whatever the activity is, whatever's going on. It's like, from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed, I want to be enthusiastic about my life. And I want to be like living my life to my full potential. It's like, I want 65 to be 65. If I make it that far, you know, like I want to be experiencing life. I don't want my life to be over at that point. I'm like, Oh, now you're trying to settle down. It's like, there's potential inside of us. And it's like, I just want to keep pulling that potential out. And I feel like those things that got me through cancer and healed me through cancer are also like, it's just a, it's a representation of life. Like it's, yeah, it got me through cancer, but cancer is like the same thing as like a huge athletic event or a huge business event or anything like that. It's like, how are you going to handle that situation is how you're going to handle any situation. So um, those things, those are the things that helped me a lot. And they still help me. It's like breath, heat and, um, ice and then nutrition and sleep. I just, I can't so, get enough of those. And that, that, that's amazing. Is that what you like? Obviously you've made it through some incredibly hard times and you're still, you know, in, in the midst of your healing process. Um, is that kind of what you would advise for anybody kind of going through trauma is, is that the heat breath work, ice bath, nutrition, like, is there anything else that you would advise anybody kind of going through something similar or, or even if it was a different type of traumatic, traumatic experience? Yeah, I really would. Um, I actually had a girl come to my house that she just lost her fiance this last winter. And, um, she came over to my house for some breath work and some ice. And it was, I was pretty nervous about guiding through it and all this stuff, just 
I didn't know how it was going to go. It was the first time I dealt with that. And um, it felt really good to hear afterwards. She kind of like sent me a message and just was like, you know, I finally got to relax. I like, I slept. I was really, I felt hungry. I felt good. I felt relaxed after that. And I did not expect that. And that for me, was like another, like, whoa, like, yeah, this stuff is real. Like, I know it's real for me, but like to actually sit there and witness that and like somebody who was so scared of the ice and so scared of the cold. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always going to be cold. It's always going to be cold, but you learn how to like, you even learn how to be like, oh yeah, this is cold, but I'm, I'm going to get in this right now. Like, Mm -hmm. like every day personally for me, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm getting in the ice. This is awesome. It's like, no, I literally have to like take my willpower and say, nope, we're getting in the ice right now. And it always ends up being the best when you get out of it, but it's like getting yourself to do that. And for me, I just think it's like, it's, it's one of those things that's coming about in our culture now. Like there's a lot of people that are starting to like realize that there's a lot of benefits to this, but it's like, it's, it's the benefits are just like, it's a holistic thing. It's like, not only are you like, not only is it's like, so let's say you're, you know, you're an athlete. It's like, not only are you like healing your body and recovering, but it's like, you're also like healing your mind. And you're also like learning how to like take control of your mind on a whole nother level. And every human being can benefit from that. It's like, you know, the trauma thing though, it's like, I suggest that. And I suggest the heat, I suggest the, just, um, and if you can't talk to somebody, I feel like writing is just as good as talking. Like, I write stuff down a lot. And um, my buddy that I just like kind of took a course with, he actually taught me like, you know, like writing a message to yourself and then trying to come from the perspective of like writing, just like different ways of writing too. So like I've written like to my cancer. I've been like, cancer, why'd you do this? Blah, 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 blah. And then I've written like from the perspective of my cancer. And just, you know, there's different tools with writing and I'm not the best at it, but I do know that like, dude, that helped me out a lot when there's just nobody around to talk to, you know, my wife, she's always been there for me, but like, there just comes a point in time where it's like our relationship is so like tight with each other that they like, it's just like, sometimes like you need like an outside source or an outside person. And if that person isn't there, I found writing helps a lot. And then it's just, you know, your body is like physical activity is like, it's not just for your body, it's for your mind. So that's the reason why I like the ice too, is it's like when I was injured after my surgery or before I even went my surgery, I was getting in the ice. But like after it's just like when I couldn't walk up a hill, when I couldn't walk long enough to like, it's like I had energy in my head and I had all this stuff, my body couldn't keep up with that. But like getting in the ice, it's just like it exhausts your system like to the max. And then once I learned about the sauna, I mean, the sauna, I wish I knew about the sauna like after my surgery, because heat's like what you want to heal. Like the ice will help you be comfortable and the ice will like do like will help you in a lot of other ways. But like healing an injury, like heat is like that's my go to source now. It's like. I busted myself up like a month ago. And it's like, instead of going in the ice first, it's like, I went into the heat for a few days. And then once I started to heal, then I went into the ice and there's like, you know, there's a lot of like science behind that. And I won't go into that, but 
you know, heat is like, heat is super important. And a lot happens up here in the heat too, that, you know, it just exhausts your system. So if you're like stuck in a place where it's like, yeah, you can't do the activity you did. Like, I don't know, like if I got hurt mountain biking tomorrow and I couldn't move and I couldn't do those things like I want to, it's like, I would go sit in a sauna because I can exhaust my system. It's going to release all those um, heat shock proteins, which are going to help the inflammation and help heal. But then it's also like, it's going to put your mind in that place where you just suffered for a while and you let your mind like stop thinking about all the BS of the world. And now you're like back to like, it's just like being optimal, you know, like you can heal, you can be optimal with healing and it doesn't have to be like the worst thing in the world world you know it's like it's a good place to be to learn more about yourself so heat nights are huge with trauma man i think i think that's a world that hasn't been that hasn't seen its full potential yet and there's a lot of people who are you know trying to figure that out and right now my biggest goal is just building a community that's around like heat nice like i have a sauna coming in a little bit and um so i'll have my own sauna but like the goal is is like i won't you know to bring people into it, man. And to like show people like, Hey, you know, like this stuff is good and like expose as many people to breath work and ice. Like that's, that's actually like where I'm headed with my life right now. It's like, I'm in a course that Laird Hamilton offers. And it's like one of the better breath work courses I've seen. And it goes all the way down to like the physiology and how oxygen interacts with our physiology and like breathing right and all those things. And that's like where I want to take my life. It's like to, you know, I feel like everybody can start there and should honestly start there. Like wherever you're at, if you, if you want to tap into more of you and you feel like there's more of you, I feel like getting your breath, understanding how to breathe right understanding your relationship with stress and fear and anxiety, and then understanding like, you know, how your body operates. Like my best advice with, um, diet, there is no best diet out there. That's what I've come across. It's like, I I had an obsession with nutrition and nutrition. I realized real quickly, it was like, I had a hard time eating me after I decided to be vegan for a while because I was stuck on that identity. Mm-hmm. And then once I ate meat again, it was like, whoa, like, you know, like all this hair had fallen out. I had like a goatee and then the side of my face or side of my head had fallen out right, you know, right after I ate meat for three days in my, all of this began to grow back. My energy mm-hmm. started to like flux. And I was like, whoa, wow. Like, I don't know the answer to nutrition. And I've heard that so much. It's like, you know, you've got to find out what makes you feel good. Like what makes you feel good and really understanding that on a deeper level level, like what makes you feel good, not in the moment, like, oh, this tastes good, but like, what makes you feel good? What gives you that on a deeper level? Exactly. How am I going to show up as a parent? How am I going to show up as a friend? How am I going to show up as a coworker, a colleague, you know, all these things. It's like, you know, that happens with how you eat and sleep. And so I think you've got to figure that out for yourself mm-hmm. and it takes time and having a guide and having a nutritionist get you there. But yeah, there's a lot of boxes out there and I try not to fall into any of them anymore and it's hard, but I've realized that especially with nutrition is like, don't fall into a box with nutrition. At least that's speaking from, you know, my perspective. So 
That's awesome, Adam. I, I feel like I could talk about healing with you for, for hours. I love your journey. I love that you're continuing this journey. I love that you're reaching for that potential and sharing it with others. And uh, I'm excited to see where you go with this and, and helping share your message and your journey with others as well. I'm going to move us on to the next part of the show, though, that I call the fire round. And I'm going to kind of fire a couple quick questions off at you. Um, Adam, do you have a favorite quote or a current quote that you live by? Yeah, um, I do. And it's a quote that I hear, um, one of my mentors, Laird Hamilton, I like this dude, he's been a huge thing for me, but he uses this, uh, never let your memories be bigger than your dreams. So Mm. never let your memories be bigger than your dreams. It's like, that's been, you know, that's been the thing for me. It's just like, and that's been my like driving force. Keep moving forward. Yeah. Keep moving forward. Don't compare yourself to the past and sure as hell don't compare yourself to anybody else. Yeah. Like that's, that's not a good, it's not a good place to be. And that, you know, that was a hard thing for me was not comparing myself to others. It was just, you know, and I still have that sometimes it's like, wow, I feel like I should be here right now, but then it's like, you forget what you went through. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that person, you know, so I that, love that. that was huge. That was huge. So do, do you, uh, do you have a favorite book or a current book that you might be reading Adam, or anything, maybe one of your favorite books that you've read, uh, through this whole healing journey that you've been on? Yeah, dude, there's this book called the art of resilience by Ross Edgley. And that book, um, put a lot of things into perspective for me, but to just give you an idea of who that individual is, Ross Edgley, I believe in 2018, um, he's an open water swimmer all around like endurance junkie, but he swam around Great Britain. Wow. He did that in 187 days, swam six hours on, six hours off, six hours on, six hours off for 187 days straight. Wow. Didn't quit until he circled from Margate all the way back to Margate. And he, the whole book is about, um, psychology towards like effort and towards goals. And one thing that I learned in cancer, cancer really defined endurance for me. And like endurance is the ability to keep going no matter what, you know, like when I went to like have my surgery, they didn't say, Oh, we have to do this surgery on you. It's, Oh, you want to have this surgery. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, Oh, I want this. You know, I want to be cut open and for 12 hours, have all my organs pulled out, all this stuff. It's like, it doesn't stop. And that, you know, sometimes the hill just keeps going up and then it barely has a downhill on the backside and you've got to keep climbing up the mountain and it just doesn't stop. And so that book is, it's a, it's not only is it an amazing read, but it is just full of perspective and information. And one thing that I pulled from that book is, um, these sports scientists said that the best way to endure is with a smile on your face. I love that. Worse, a smile on your face, which before I even did this, my main goal was every time a picture was taken to me in the hospital, no matter what state I was in, I would smile for that picture, not to fake it and make it look like that. But that was a sign of control mm-hmm. was like, I'm going to force a smile right now. I'm going to do this And like, I still remember like how I was feeling in those situations. And like, I'll tell you how I was feeling in those situations. Like I was horrible. 
I felt horrible, but like, you know what, there's, you have a choice inside your head in that book, really, like after everything was said and done, I came across that book and it changed my whole perspective. I mean, it's like helped me with everything. So the art of resilience by Ross Edgley, it's a brilliant brilliant book. I'm definitely going to check that out. And, and I love that just idea of perspective and, and resilience. And so, uh, it sounds like an amazing book and I can't wait to read it. I'm going to go and, and, uh, put it in my Amazon cart right after this. Um, one of my favorite questions of the show, Adam, is if today was your last day on earth and everything that you've done up to now, all the lessons that you've learned, um, all the, your, your social media, the journey that you've shared with others, everything was to go away with you and all that you were left with was a piece of paper and a pen and you could leave three truths three things that you believe to be true. This could be for your wife, for your friends, for your family, future generations. What might your three truths be? Ooh, that is a good question, dude. Um, to love, to like really love and appreciate, like love everything, man. Like everything, love it. Like learn to love it. Like you love it. Everything it's happening to you right now. And, um, I've actually had the the fortune of like being almost there. So to love, man, it's like, yeah, love everything, appreciate it. Um, learn how to love the hard stuff. Um, have fun, have as much fun as you possibly can have, like as much fun as you could possibly have. I think that's something that I have to remind myself a lot now, but like have fun and like, don't take everything so serious. Um, so I said, yeah, and then we got one more, one more would be three truths to love, have fun and yeah, don't, yeah, just don't take everything so serious, man. Don't, it's like everything, like, you know, chase your goals, give it your all have discipline, but like, don't, don't let everything just don't let everything take over and you know, when that happens, I feel like sometimes you forget to love and have fun. So just like, don't take things so serious. It's like, that's kind of what it comes down to. And that's kind of what it came down to for me. Like when I sat, when, you know, there was a moment where I had a moment in the ICU and they thought I was like going to go. And it's like, honestly, like, it's crazy. It's like, it happened. Like it happened. And like, you have, when I was at that point, I think one of the craziest things that I came up with was like, you can do, you could have, you could do anything. That's Mm -hmm. the craziest part about being told like you had cancer and like, you're going to die. Or like when I was in the ICU and they were like pulling the paddles out and like, we thought I was like, not going to be there. And I I didn't think I was going to be alive in 10 minutes. It was like, Whoa, like you, you literally can make any choice you want you literally can do anything you want. Like you literally can go for anything. Like that's what this experience is. So just love, have fun and don't take it so seriously while you're on this journey. And I think you'll make the best decisions you can make like with, with those tools. That's, you know, and maybe I'm missing something. No, I love that. I love that. I think that's amazing advice right there, Adam. I gained so much uh, insight and value from these conversations. I thoroughly enjoy it. And something that I try to do as much as I can with with all these interviews is to try to give back as much value as I can as well, because I gain so much from you guys. So Adam, is there anything that you are currently focusing on that I might be able to help you out with or possibly even my listeners? 
Oh man. I mean, right now my focus is just understanding um, the things that helped me get through what I went through. And I'm trying to understand those. So in the future, I can share those things. I mean, I'm really right now, I'm just building myself back up to be the human, the best human that I can be. I feel like the cancer parts like pretty much behind me now. So it's just figuring out like, you know, where I'm going to take my potential, but you know, physically I've got my goals and mentally I've got my goals. But like, as far as like, you know, outreach to the community and outreach to other people. It's like, I'm just trying to, you know, you, my Instagram's a place. It's like, I've got a social media where I share things and stuff like that, but like really in the future, it's like, I'm, I, I, I want to help people um, experience breath work, how to use breath work. Um, so I'm finishing up. I'm about to be certified from this program called XPT. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very like, for me, I think it's prestigious because it's some of the best information out there that I've come across. And um, so in the future, it's just like if, you know, I'm hoping to, you know, reach people. It's just like if anybody is interested in that, if anybody is like, oh, I'm going through a hard time, like, man, hit me up, hit me what, up. What's the best What's the best way for people to hit you up? You can look me up on Instagram at Adam or Spillman 63 and um, you can also find me on Facebook at Adam Spillman and just send me a message if you're curious or if you're just going through anything like I'm just about like expanding the community like I'm trying to just like it's like I'm I'm now getting to that point where it's like hey like I can ha- like I have emotional space for people now and like it's like we got to you we've got to like we've all got to help each other out it's like you know, you'd be surprised at like what somebody can help you do. So, um, yeah, I think that's, I hope that answers your question. No, that does. Thank you. Thank you. It's kind of just on that with it. So yeah, I don't have much to like advertise or sponsor. I'm just kind of an individual, but it's just, this is how I live my life. This is what I do. And yeah, man, like I'm here to help. And, you know, someday I'll have like a business of my own with this stuff. And that's where I'm you know, I'm building the foundation for that. But as of right now, it's just, yeah, hit me up, dude. I know a lot about ice and breath and heat a lot. And I'd love to talk you through it. Or if you're in the area, come over to my house and yeah, we'll get down on some stuff. So that's awesome. Definitely. I would love to go do it with you in person for anybody out there. I highly recommend, uh, give Adam a follow on social media, whether it be on Instagram or Facebook. If you guys have any questions, definitely reach out to him. Uh, your journey has been incredible in this whole healing aspect. And I gain a ton just watching your social media and, and just learning from you and trying to implement some of these things uh, into my own life as well. And so I think I've been on the edge of actually buying a sauna. I think you just convinced me I'm going to go, I'm going to go purchase one. I actually built one last year and burnt it down because I didn't build it properly. So now, so now I'm just going to go buy one, but that's a whole different story on its own. Um, but no, for anybody out there that also, uh, I just, I highly recommend reach out, follow Adam. He's got an amazing journey, an amazing story to share. Uh, my final question of the day for you, Adam, is what is your definition of awesome? Whoa, my definition of awesome, man, I just want to say life life is my definition of awesome. It's like, I love actually using the word awesome. I use that a lot. And it's like, the trees are awesome. Everything is awesome. Like the sky is awesome. The oxygen is awesome. Like life is awesome. The problems, the hardships, everything about life 
it's like the overall experience. It's, it's, you know, the ability that we go to sleep, recharge and wake up, dude, it's awesome. Like it is awesome. The fact that we're like doing this, you know, like a hundred years ago, you'd be crazy. Yeah. It'd be some sort of like witchcraft or something. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I mean like, yeah, I think that's personally my definition of awesome is just life. And like, I love it. There's a huge thing to that, but yeah, dude, like we're living it and like, yeah, this is awesome. So this is awesome. Thank you so very much again for your time, Adam. I love your definition of awesome. Life is awesome. This is awesome. And again, you have encouraged me so much today. I hope my listeners out there have gained as much value as I have. If you guys have, please, I recommend you to share this with someone that you think might need to hear Adam's story, that might need to hear this interview and gain value out of it as well. Um, That's how we build our collective and our community as a whole. So if you guys could share that out, it would be greatly appreciated. Please, if you guys haven't already, go give Adam a follow. His journey is incredible. His healing is incredible. And he is just filled with so much awesome energy. I love it, Adam. I can't wait for us to get together in person. I'd love to do some breath work and ice work with you next time I'm out in uh, the White Salmon, BZ Corners area. I'm definitely going to hit you up. I'd love to also get on the river with you. So thank you so very much for joining me. Thank you for all my listeners for tuning in. And as always, I am here with Adam and signing off, wishing you all a truly awesome day. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.